Welcome to Schneps Connects. On this episode, we're keeping the pulse on uh, New York City, and in this case, particularly Manhattan. I have on the show James Metham, who's the executive director of the Flatiron 23rd Street Partnership. He became the partnership's executive director in March of 2019. Prior to that, he recently served as managing director of finance and operations at the Downtown Brooklyn Partnership, where he oversaw the operations and finances of the Central Business District's local development corporation and three bids. Prior, James served as assistant commissioner for the New York City Department of Small Business Services Neighborhood Development Division, and as SBS's executive director of the bid program, where he provided oversight and support to the city's network of bids, including the coordination of more than $120 million in annual assessment funds to those bids. The Flatiron 23rd Street Partnership formed in 2006 is a nonprofit organization and bid whose mission is to enhance the reputation of Flatiron and Nomad as two of New York's most vital and exciting neighborhoods. This is accomplished by maintaining a clean and safe environment for the district's businesses, residents, and visitors. By spearheading area improvement projects and by marketing the diverse business and retail options in this vibrant and historic neighborhood. So with that, James, great to have you uh, on the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's great to be here. So, you know, partnerships and bids, I know, play a vital role, but a lot of other people, specifically those that you know, may not be enmeshed in the community, aren't necessarily aware of what role they play. So I would love for you to share that. And also, if you could just give me an, an example of what your borders are in terms of the streets and avenues. Absolutely. So the Flatiron 23rd Street Partnership is a, one of the city's 76 business improvement districts. Uh, we're located right around Madison Square Park and the Flatiron Building itself. So we're at the moment, we're kind of a blob um, between 6th Avenue on the west, uh, mm -hmm. generally Park Avenue south, a little bit of Lexington Ave to the east, and then down to about 20, 21st Street in the south and up to 20, 28th Street uh, to the north. Uh, we've been in place for about 16 years, um, you know, promoting local business, small business offices uh, in the neighborhood and creating and cultivating a, uh, a, a commercial business district and neighborhood uh, that's attractive to a variety of different uses, business, residents, uh, cultural amenities, hospitality amenities, um, as one of the most vibrant locations, a really special corner, like I like, I like to say, uh, in Midtown South, just south of the kind of really hustle and bustle of the, the transit hub around Herald Square, Penn Plaza, uh, Central, uh, Grand Central. Um, so that's, that's where we do our business. And uh, we're actually in the process of expanding our boundaries. Uh, oh, we're, we're looking forward to that reality over the coming months where we'll, we'll move our impact in our services of cleanliness, public safety, homeless outreach, business marketing, streetscape improvements up to about 31st Street. So kind of nearing that uh, Herald Square, Central Business District area, uh, Nomad, Sixth Avenue, and going down a little bit further south too, to, uh, to about uh, 20th Street. So I guess those were almost gaps between other bids? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we, uh, Josh, you probably know better than most, uh, uh, that the, the bid network is kind of like a jigsaw puzzle, uh, particularly in, in Manhattan, where uh, there are 20, 25, I think, bids. And we, we sit uh, in between 
uh, the 34th Street partnership to the north of us that serves Penn Plaza, Herald Square mm -hmm. um, area, and the Union Square partnership just due south of us that's really positioned around the 14th Street and Union Square corridor. Well, you know, that's great to hear. You guys play such a critical role because I think it go, all gets back to the basics. The neighborhood needs strong quality of life for everything else to happen. And, you know, it's as basic as keeping the streets clean and, and, and people feeling safe. And I think that that's like the foundation for all other really strong economic activity. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, that's what I say. It's the meat and potatoes, the bread and butter, right? This is this is what the bid program was founded on back in the late 70s. And I know you've talked with other influential bid leaders, thought leaders like Fred Cirillo, mm -hmm. um, Liz Luskin. And, you know, at the foundation, like you said, is making sure that it's a place that people want to be in and cleanliness, public safety and, you know, flourishes of greenery are important when it comes to, to, to starting that effort. Well, you know, I felt prior to, to COVID, of course, that, you know, the Flatiron area was just flourishing. A lot of new businesses coming in, buildings being converted and, and reutilized, some landmark large businesses coming in. You have the park there. Anywhere in, in the middle of Manhattan where you have a park is, is typically a vibrant area. Talk to, talk to me and share what's been going on through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. look, the pandemic, like so many areas of the, the city and particularly in Midtown and downtown Manhattan, which were, you know, really been the economic engine per se for the for the city, along with other central business districts in, in Queens, like Long uh, Island City and downtown Brooklyn. Um, yeah, we've been hit hard by that. I mean, it's we uh, we, we saw the um, not necessarily the flight of uh, office workers, but you know the remote access to um, to office work really immediately hit the, the neighborhood, and it's it's. It, it felt like a shell of itself, frankly, um, last March and April, um, where we saw pedestrian traffic down about 80% from its mm. highs during pre-pandemic periods. Um, like you mentioned, we have, we're fortunate enough to, to be a business improvement district that's centered around such a beautiful historic park like Madison Square Park and a historic icon, landmark icon building like the Flatiron Building. These are places that not only office workers and local residents like to frequent, but they're also on the must-see stops of so many tourists and visitors to the, mm -hmm. to the neighborhood. Uh, and in turn, is, uh, makes it a location for terrific dining experiences, whether it's fine dining, fast casual, um, cocktails, uh, and also just the, a center for cultural uh, amenities and museums, photography, art. Um, as well as hotels, um, you know, with a lot of what you've, in terms of the skyline of the Flatiron and Nomad neighborhood, a lot of the changes that you've seen over the past 10 years and continue to see are, are many of the, uh, the hotels that are going up and down Broadway uh, yeah. and 6th Avenue. And so, uh, you know, things, it's been a, a steady uh, and gradual um, pickup in pace since last April and May, and thanks to the vaccine and and a number of other important initiatives. We're starting to see um, our streets and sidewalks and public plazas that we manage and the park that we work with um, come back to uh, come back to life. And uh, like I say, it's we're we're fortunate enough to have a lot of the the amenities and the cultural and structural and infrastructural um, uh, 
backbone to, to build upon so that when we do get back to herd immunity, um, we are very hopeful that there's going to be a flocking back of office workers and visitors to the neighborhood. So you're in a unique position because I assume that you deal with a lot of uh, landlords and building owners, as well as, you know, hearing from a lot of retailers. So, I mean, what examples can you give of what you're hearing from either sides or both sides of that? Yeah, um, the, I mean, we, we, as you mentioned, we, we work closely with our property owners, building managers, as well as our ground floor retail and office, um, office tenants. Um, it's a symbiotic relationship. And I think if anything, this has put that in stark perspective the past year, right? I mean, there's been so, you've heard a lot about uh, the difficulties and the challenges and the darkness when it comes to our ground floor retail being able to make it through this difficult time without having many of the, many, much of its customer base um, mm -hmm. in place. Um, and that's, honestly has a lot to do with the nearly 100,000 office workers and uh, that come into Flatiron and Nomad on a normal day pre-pandemic. And, you know, we're, as you've heard anecdotally, I'm sure that, you know, many of the office buildings in the Midtown and downtown core of Manhattan are, you know, at 15 to 20% at best occupancy. That's starting to come up as we, as we make it through here. Um, but if anything, you know, this, this, the, the past year, um, has positioned many of these uh, property owners and and tenants to work collectively together. I mean, they don't always see eye to eye. Um, and it, again, it is a business proposition at the bottom of this yep. ultimately, but everyone benefits from supporting one another and making sure that our districts don't necessarily feel like a ghost town. Um, and so I think I've been encouraged um, by some of the conversations and agreements that I've heard of. Um, I'm not privy to every conversation, but yep. you know some of the conversations that our stakeholders, both on the tenant and property owner side, have have played here, uh, knowing full well that getting back, you know, getting back to normal and rising tides lift all boats is is the really the, the one approach we have coming into 2021 and 2022, um, and getting back um, both visitors, workers and residents, students back into the neighborhood to support that ground floor service retail and the upper floor offices. Anything that you can tell people that have not been in your district in quite some time and, and hopefully they'll be coming back soon, anything new that they're gonna see, experience, whether it's a construction or a new building or a new tenants, anything that you could share to people that they may not anticipate coming back into the city? Yeah, I, it's um, look, you hear a lot about the losses and many of the really institutional businesses that we've lost. And Flatiron Nomad is not exempt and immune to that. Um, but I think the, on the flip of that, where there's some new life being breathed into the neighborhood as well. Uh, we've had some terrific new restaurants and dining experiences come to the neighborhood because again, this was a place right. that was already a magnet for that. Um, a, a particular one I like to emphasize is uh, Mark's off Madison. Uh, many people might know of Chef Mark Straussman. He used to work at the Fred's and, and at Barney's. Uh, he opened up in the midst of the pandemic uh, on 41 Madison across the street from the park, a really terrific bagel, pastry, bread, um, shop. It's, you know, and the, and the nice thing about that is that this, this is a entrepreneur, a chef who's tied and tested. This is his third act 
and he chose that this is the neighborhood that he wants I to come it. back to. And that's, a, you know, that's a, just a testament to, you know, both new beginnings and resiliency that's in the in this neighborhood because of the park, because of the transit access, because of the cluster of great other businesses, um, and the fact that there's a belief in this neighborhood coming back and it's starting to show that. And at the same time, Josh, I'd say, you know, what was already happening as you alluded to was, you know, the neighborhood was really becoming a hub for this kind of experience, experiential retail, mm -hmm. you know, more than just dry goods, um, more than just coming in and buying a thing here, but also kind of creating this experience when you do go shopping. Uh, and it, this, this continues to happen. So whether it's the first Harry Warner Brothers bringing the Harry Potter experience, the 22nd Street in the shadow of the Flatiron Building. That's the first and the first of its kind in the country coming to this neighborhood. Um, whether it's the Friends experience, the TV show Friends right. has an entire thing on 23rd Street where you get an interactive experience and be kind of like back into that sitcom um, on Lexington and 23rd. Um, or just, you know, more things that bring visitors well, nationally, internationally, or more frequently locally to the area. So there's two new hotels that are coming up, the, the Virgin yeah. and the Ritz Carlton. One's gonna have this interactive golf experience in it. Um, the other is gonna be bringing in uh, acclaim, acclaimed uh, uh, restaurateur and philanthropist, uh, Jose Andreas. Uh, yeah, yes. food. I mean, so these are, again, it's, you know, it, we may have paused things for a little bit, but there's still that energy and feeling that this is a, a location, a special location uh, in Manhattan, um, that's gonna that continue to draw people both uh, living, working and playing. in. It's nice to hear that there are new businesses opening and that there are expected businesses opening because I think people need to have that faith that it will come back. It's just a matter of when and we're, we're getting closer to the end than we are the beginning. That's for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, we like to say it's it's a good place to bet on. I mean, that was a we were in the midst of this last year and everything seemed dark and gloomy. Um, just a reminder that, you know, you know, the city as a whole with, you know, Flatiron and Nomad as a little kind of microcosm of that is that this is a place where people are willing to put bets on growing and innovating, um, whether it's Flatiron as a, a history of an entertainment district, the original Madison Square Garden, uh, the original uh, Silicon Alley. Yes. Um, you know, this is, you know, they're the bones are there and it's an openness and willingness to, to reinvent itself. And uh, I think New York embodies that in general. Talk about some of the ways that the partnership literally holds the hands of businesses to support them, particularly during the pandemic. Can you give some examples of how um, really you're there to support businesses or how they could take advantage of the services you offer? Yeah, uh, so the, the partnership, like many bids, um, is there to serve a, a number of different functions when it comes to cultivating a, an environment that's good for business, um, while also uh, becoming more and more in tune to the, to the mixed use 24 hours, 24 seven nature of, of, of residential hospitality and business together. So, you know, we're, we, you know, at, at the onset, it was becoming being an immediate uh, sounding board, foghorn at times on the issues, the safety, public safety issues at hand um, during the pandemic, and also just pointing businesses to the resources and tools and advocacy opportunities to share their um, both their plights, struggles, and wishes to help get stems through this. Now, 
oftentimes that wasn't heard. And, you know, we struggled just like many others with um, working with our partners in city government. Govern, government. Um, but I do emphasize, I mean, it's a partnership. I mean, we are a public-private partnership. As you know, we, we have representatives on our board of directors and our stakeholder group that consists of our elected officials and mm -hmm. representatives in city government. Um, and we keep in close contact with them. And so, you know, it's our job to be the, the you know, squeaky wheel uh, on behalf on, of uh, our businesses and our, in our neighborhood groups. Um, so we did a lot of that over the, the course of the past year. Um, and in turn, um, when it came to things like open streets and outdoor dining, you know, once those were, you know, for the most part, pretty quickly turned around um, um, by the city government with their, you know, with their struggles and complications, of course, you know, making sure that we were there to help manage and monitor and make sure that they were implemented to the best of their abilities, because ultimately that's what was there to support, uh, particularly ground floor retail uh, dining dining establishments. So, you know, whether or not it's been the closing down of Broadway uh, as an open street through basically we're coming up on the year anniversary of that. Um, That's what I want to ask you is where you have open streets in your district. Yes. Um, so yeah, we have a, we have a handful of them. Uh, we were one of the first out of the bat, out of the, out of the box last May when the program was uh, launched with, uh, with Broadway uh, between 20, 20, 28th street down to 21st street. That's uh, terrific. Yeah, and it's been look. It's it's uh, you know initially it was very, very much conceived of as being kind of a release valve to allow people to get outdoors safely when you know mm -hmm. even parks were not ultimate. This is the the early days of the pandemic when we yep. didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, so we you know allowing people to spread out a little bit more uh, in their you know just getting outside and walking. So we did that, and then ultimately it became. Um, you know one of these outdoor dining open streets as well, and and that's really flourished particularly. Uh, in the northern part of Broadway in our area, just north of uh, 25th Street. Uh, There's just a, a, a real energy for the outdoor dining and a few restaurants uh, between 25th and 27th Street. Um, so, but we've taken that and we've spread it uh, to other uh, particular dining corridors in the district, whether that's 22nd Street off 6th Avenue, 20th Street, uh, where, you know, uh, Gramercy Tavern is most notable. Mm -hmm. um, as well as up on 28th Street off Park Avenue South and 29th Street. So we, we work with the businesses, we work with the neighborhood to, to mitigate issues, but to try to create environments that have uh, been successful for drawing people out uh, into and for uh, dining and, and spending some of their money. Um, so that's been really, you know, we think that's been successful. We're, we're looking forward to doing more of that um, in the year to come. Uh, and in addition to that, um, we're optimistic uh, to, you know, use some of this limited silver lining when it comes to the, the pandemic, you know, rethinking some of how we use our sidewalks and streetscape um, beyond just uh, what it's traditionally been used for, whether it's cars or parking or um, other things, curb management. We're optimistic that we can think of streets like Broadway in particular uh, that create a, a unique slice through the grid. Mm -hmm. um, as, uh, as other places for um, public interaction and activity. I mean, like you said, Josh, we're, we're blessed again to be sitting on the park, the Madison Square Park that not yep. many neighborhoods have. Um, but the rest of the district, particularly in that expansion area that I mentioned, north of 27th Street up to 31st, you're squarely in the grid. And there's a lot of construction going on, a lot of scaffolding, sidewalk fences. You're in the, you're in the midst of the concrete jungle there. Um, and anything that can provide a respite for, uh, for greenery or a place to sit or dine 
you yeah. know, we're, we're open to, to really considering and pushing at this point for, for, for uh, public safety and just for return to, to normalcy efforts. Yeah, it's certainly been a success story, not just for residents that get to dine outdoors and enjoy some open space, but the businesses that desperately need it. And hopefully going into this spring, as it warms up in the summer, it'll be, you know, a really nice part of the city. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're optimistic on it. It's, it's looking that way. Um, and then just, you know, a couple other things, you know, that's on the kind of the streetscape piece. Uh, it's always difficult to provide direct support. Uh, we often feel like it's a lot of indirect support that we provide to businesses. We've done our part to try to give back as well. So, you know, whether it was last uh, last spring where we we uh, try to create a win-win situation uh, for both our dining establishments and our frontline workers, we partnered uh, and funded an initiative to uh, to purchase meals from our ground floor. Uh, dining establishments and provide them to local first responders for a full sure. month. So whether it was our police precinct, our, our firefighters and our EMS workers, uh, we were able to feed them a, a lunch every day for a month. Uh, we we mo uh, modeled that after a really terrific initiative in the Lower East Side, the Lower East Side uh, partnership did. Uh, and we, we expanded upon that this winter with a, a gift giving initiative where we purchased, we used donations and our own spending power to purchase gifts from local uh, dry good retailers and provide them to families in need uh, in the neighborhood. Um, so giving back, but also supporting our businesses directly and kind of giving them any shot in the arm that they could to, to stay open and make it through what was uh, clearly a very difficult winter. Um, so yeah, those are you know some of the things that along with takeout, takeout initiatives as well, mm -hmm. people buying local. Um, we just came off a really great two month stretch stretch of promoting uh, takeout opportunities where I think we ultimately helped uh, helped uh, catalyze over $35,000 worth of takeout orders in the district. It's great. Um, so those are things that we, you know, it's a lot of throwing spaghetti at the wall sometimes. It, honestly, it feels like that, but bids are kind of positioned to be nimble in that regard to, uh, to try them, some things out, see what works, and then hopefully, you know, share them with, you know, other neighborhoods in the city for, um, possibilities for replicating um, best practices. So, you know, one last question for you. There's obviously going to be a lot of uh, issues with funding for New York City coming through the pandemic. And there's going to be a lot more that's needed to like reinvigorate these neighborhoods as they start to open up. If you could have like a wish list and figure it's from, you know, city, state, or the federal government in terms of incentives to spark the economy. What would you put on that list? That's a good question. Um, there's a lot of things uh, and they, they come at different levels, as you mentioned. Um, you know, look, we, you know, fortunately we, you know, if you'd asked me this question a month ago, we'd be pushing for the American Recovery and uh, Recovery Act. And mm -hmm. luckily that, that went through. I, unfortunately, that was probably about three months later, four months later than we, that many of our businesses needed it to come. Yeah, um, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, you know, when it comes to, to to local and state, however, I I think there are there continues to be a need for creative uh, loan and grant opportunities for small businesses. Um, that's that's something that I think local elected officials um, I think like to talk about. It's difficult to put in practice. I've worked my former life, as you mentioned, 
at the Department of Small Business Services and a lot of terrific people over there thinking very creatively, um, but oftentimes under-resourced to get things done when it comes to that. So I think there's more there. Um, as you mentioned, as we talked a little bit about before, the you know rent and mortgage relief so that you're hitting both the you know, supporting both the tenants and the property owners, particularly yep. the property owners that are also small businesses, really. Mm -hmm. That's an important one for our commercial corridors. Um, and then, um, you know, when it comes to just the city, a couple of things is just really putting in a concerted effort when, it, when thinking about public spaces or the public realm, as we like to refer to it as in this kind of practitioner world thinking about how to coordinate these things, because at the end of the day, bids at their core are uh, shepherds, stewards of the public spaces that make uh, uh, districts and communities uh, attractive for, for commerce uh, and for living in. And that's, that's the major value. That's the first and foremost, the value add of a bid is that, you know, you're able to capture this uh, assessments, you're able to, instead of them going to the city's central coffers, we're able to invest it directly into uh, a geographic area and see the, the fruits of that labor through mm -hmm. cleanliness, uh, some public improvements, uh, as well as uh, marketing and promotional activity as well. Um, so I do think there needs to be, and this continues to be a, a drum that the bids beat, uh, more of a centralized uh, public space SAR of sorts that's in place to, to work on this. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, Josh, is, uh, you know, when it comes to red tape uh, and recovery, wherever possible where the government can, can stay out of the, uh, the, uh, the growth and resiliency and creativity of our business community, mm -hmm. I think at this time that's just more important than ever. Um, a lot of overregulation, a lot of it for good for on behalf of workers, and we we totally understand and believe in that. Um, but you gotta you gotta continue to allow our small business community to to try to bounce back here and use that entrepreneurial spirit without being super overburdened with uh, overregulate overregulation. Well, I hope that'll be at the top of the agenda for our new mayor. Well, you're 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 keeping their uh, toes to the fire, I know, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's 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 critical for this for the next four to eight years. Uh, uh, is at least you know continuing to listen to our business community and find ways to partnership. Um, yeah. and then uh, we're optimistic that that the next four to eight years we'll we'll see that. Well, James, great to get to know you, and thank you for sharing your story. And anyone that's been double vaccinated, make sure to get out there and support your local businesses. Amen. Amen. Looking forward to seeing everyone out in the, in the city. Uh, and if you can stop by Flatiron and Nomad uh, for a great experience and you've got your two vaccines, please make it a, put it on the itinerary. We're looking forward to seeing you out. Thanks again, James. Thanks, Josh. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.